This is I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. The following is a recent Sunday morning message given by Pastor Robert Brown. Thank you, Jesus. John 13 and 1. Amen. Let me set this up for you as you are looking for your scripture. Amen. We know that John is John the Elder. Amen. He was a part of the inner circle of Christ. He wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote all three epistles of John, and he wrote the book of Revelation. Amen. He he uh, referred to himself as the di- disciple whom Jesus loved. He was a person who that knew Jesus loved him like we should know that Jesus loves us. Amen. He was not being arrogant. Amen. He was stating a fact. Amen. And we should state that fact as well. During this scenario here in the previous chapter, amen, the uh, religious officials were seeking how to uh, kill Jesus and kill Lazarus because Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. Amen. Hallelujah. And it threatened their religious hold, their, their, their political, their power hold over the people. Amen. And they felt threatened by it. Amen. Uh, we also had in the previous chapter where Jesus came and had his triumphal entry into uh, Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Amen. So Jesus seeing all these sets of events that have lined up with Old Testament scripture coming to pass, knew that his time on earth was coming to an end. Amen. So here in this scripture, uh, in John 13, 1, we see that uh, uh, right before the Passover feast, amen, Jesus was starting to prepare his disciples for his departure from the earth. Uh, Hallelujah. For his crucifixion at the cross. Also, as the disciples started to come into an understanding that Jesus was not going to set up an earthly kingdom at this time. As the descendant, the ultimate descendant of David and rule and get the Romans out of Israel and just take over. They were torn and confused and perplexed by you're leaving us. You're not setting up your kingdom here on earth right now. And with that in mind, let us read our scripture. Amen. Amen. John 13, 1. I'm reading from the Amplified Version, by the way. And it reads, now before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that his hour had come. And it was time for him to leave this world and return to the Father. Having greatly loved his own who were in the world, he loved them and continuously loves them with his perfect love to the end eternally. We're going to skip over to verse, uh, uh, chapter 14, verse 1. Amen. Hallelujah, which is the next slide. Hallelujah. And this all ties in together, amen, hallelujah, the understanding that the disciples, oh, you're not going to set up, you're leaving us, you're not going to set up your earthly kingdom. And this is his response to them. He says, do not let your heart be troubled, afraid or cowardly. Believe confidently in God and trust in him. Have faith, hold on to it, rely on it, keep going and believe in me also. So here he's making a statement that believe in God and believe in me. Jesus is making a statement that I and my father are one. We are God. I'm leaving, but let not your heart be troubled. I'm not setting up my earthly kingdom yet, but let 
not your heart be troubled. Next slide, next verse, verse 2. Jesus says, in my father's house are many dwelling places. The King James says mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. So he's, he's reassuring him that this is the case. There are many dwelling places or many mansions in my father's house. Because I am going there to prepare a place for you. Hallelujah. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. I'm leaving now. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to leave my and, and end my earthly ministry for now. I'm not yet setting up the kingdom on earth yet. Hallelujah. The physical kingdom. But I go to prepare a place for you. And yes, I have to leave you in this crazy world. I've got to leave you in this place where sometimes people think it's hell on earth. But I'm going to prepare a place for you. And with that in mind, amen, our next slide is Jesus' words of comfort. I go to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare a place for you. That is our title today. This is where we're coming from today. Amen. As God leads. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Amen. That he would have his way through the word today. Amen. Here we go. Father God, we come before you in the matchless name of Jesus. We thank you and praise you for such a day as this. But Father God, we desire and need a word from you today. But Father God, you've tasked me with this, this, this effort, Lord God, that is too great for me. You are the preacher. You are the teacher. Preach today. Teach today like never before. I decrease that you might increase in me. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. amen. I go to prepare a place for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me stop here for a second and remind us, amen, during the traditional Hebrew wedding, amen, the courtship uh, tradition, amen, hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, Let's, let's remember that in a, in a Hebrew society, an ancient Hebrew society, that an engagement was a legal and binding relationship. So once a young man and a young woman were engaged, amen, it was a legal and binding relationship. It's not like now where we could just break an engagement and just, oh, I'm going to marry somebody else and everything like that. It was a very different back then. Amen. Hallelujah. And often... Hallelujah. The young man would say to the young woman, I go to prepare a place for you. He would go to his father's house and build a room on his father's house. And he could not return until his father approved of the room. Amen. Now, this was symbolic of the perfect and substantive act of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Where he goes to prepare a place. Amen. For all of us believers in Christ. Amen. 2020 has been something else, yo. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we like the disciples. Amen. Hallelujah. Many of us want him to come back now. Amen. Some of us, others of us feel like we have more to do before he comes back. Hallelujah. But whatever your state is, amen. He's going to prepare a place for us and he will return for us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But before I go any further, amen, let's define some words here that Jesus used. Amen. Next slide. Hallelujah. This word go in the Greek, which is the original root word here. Amen. Hallelujah. Is a word. Hallelujah. Proyo omhame. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. And it means I travel or journey to pursue a journey on which one has entered, to continue one's journey. I must continue my mission, my journey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I must go. Amen. Hallelujah. It's God's will that I, Father God's will that I go. My hour has come. I've done all so far that I was supposed to do. I still yet have the crucifixion and the resurrection. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But my time is running out. I must go back. Next slide. Word prepare. It's a Greek word. Het oi madzo. Het oi madzo. To make ready. I must go. Why? To make ready. Just like the physical Hebrew uh, groom would go make ready a place for his bride, Jesus had to leave to make ready a place for his bride, i.e. the church. Amen. Why would Jesus need to go to make ready a place for the church in his father's house? Because heaven was really not meant for us. We're earthlings. Sin wasn't supposed to be in the world. So he had to go make ready a place for us because heaven was not, as, had, was not prepared for us to be there. Hallelujah. At one point, heaven and earth were one in the Garden of Eden. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And after sin, God had to separate himself from man. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So he goes to make ready or prepare a place for us. Next slide. The word place, topos in the Greek, a place to dwell. So let's put this all together. Amen. So our point number one, amen, for I go to prepare a place for you. This message, amen, is Jesus was telling his disciples that he is returning to his father's house in order to make ready a place for them to dwell in heaven. Jesus shared this revelation with his disciples to comfort them during a time where they were distraught about him leaving them and not yet setting up his physical earthly kingdom as they believe he would at the culmination of his earthly ministry. Amen. He was simply trying to comfort his disciples. And he's not the respective person, so why would not he comfort you and I right now? In the midst of uh, approaching 300,000 people dead from COVID. In the, in, as we have a financial collapse across the globe. As schools are shut down. As loved ones are lost. Why would we not draw inspiration from the comfort that Jesus provided us through his word and his actions? Amen. Hallelujah. He, he's going to prepare a place for you and I. It, it's crazy right now. Things are upside down. Hallelujah. But hallelujah, Jesus is making a place for me and for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And when his father says that it's prepared, hallelujah, and fit for us to come, amen, he'll come back and get us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's move on to the next slide. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We need to know and really believe that Jesus is coming back again. This has to be a foundational belief inside of you as a Christian that Jesus is coming back for us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He will not leave us comfortless. He is coming back for you. He's coming back for me. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, I don't know. He ain't been here for a while. I don't, uh, whatever, you know, people say that, but this is it. This is whatever, you know. Listen, hallelujah. I'd be crazy too if I, had, if I didn't have this hope. If I didn't think he was coming back for me, let me just go sin, amen, hallelujah, do all the crazy stuff I want to do because I'm going to die and go into oblivion anyway. And that's how a lot of people in the world act. And sometimes some people in the church. Hallelujah. We need to draw comfort that he is coming back for us again. It's not something we can, hallelujah, uh, see evidence in the physical world. Amen. We see it from his word. His word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's go to the next slide. I'm coming out of John 14 and 3. John 14 and 3. I'm continuing this passage. Amen. What does Jesus say to us and specifically his disciples at this time? He said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again. And I will take you to myself. I will take you to myself. I will take you to myself. Just like a groom would come and take his bride Jesus is coming back to take his bride, the church, to himself. So that where I am, you may be also. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I'm in my father's house. I'm taking you to my father's house. That where I am, you may be also. What's happening here? Let's go to the next slide. Amen. Point two. Here in this passage of scripture, John 14, 1 through 3, Jesus is prophetically revealing his return and the rapture of his followers. Amen. Hallelujah. There are many in Christendom, in Christian circles, who don't believe in the rapture, who don't believe that Jesus is coming back. When you don't, you, you lose hope. And we start looking to political figures for help and hope and man's systems that are doomed to fail because we take our eyes off Jesus and his word. Oh, he was speaking metaphorically. No, he's speaking literally. Hallelujah. Lord of God. This is where Jesus first makes mention that he is going to rapture the church. prophetically. Well, where did Jesus say he's going to wrap the church? Right here. If you don't trust Paul, trust Jesus. We should trust Paul. He was, he, was, he was ordained by Jesus to do what he did. Hallelujah. Let's move on to the next slide. Amen. God does not want his followers uninformed about his plans for us. God does not want you and I uninformed about his plans for us. He wants us to know his plans for us. The question is, do we believe his plans for us? Is this it for you? Is this physical crazy world it for you? This is not the world that God created. It's the planet that God created. It's the physical planet. 
But it's not the world or the world system or how things work in this world system that God intended for you and for I. There's a lot of things about this world and this world system and the narrative that the world would have you to believe that just aren't true. Racism is a narrative that the world has made up that God never intended for the world. Poverty is a narrative that the world has come up with that God did not intend for us. War is something that God never intended for us. Sickness and disease is something that happened as a result of sin that God never intended for us. But unfortunately, being born in sin, we have embraced these things as, well, this is just the way it is. I guess, I just, uh, I guess I'll just be like everybody else is. Every, somebody else in my family died of this. I'm, I'm going to die of this. God doesn't want his believers uninformed about his plan. He has great plans for us. Amen. Next slide. Amen. Slide 13. We're going to 1 Thessalonians 4.13. Very familiar scripture. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 13. As you're looking for 1 Thessalonians 4.13, amen, let me set this up for you. This was a new church at Thessalonica, Thessalonica amen. It was, about a ch it was a church about two or three years old. So they were young in the Lord. They were new. They were novice. They were beginners in the Lord. All right. And the church was being persecuted. This was happening about 20, around 20 -ish years after Jesus's uh, ascension back to heaven. All right. Now, there had been saints who had been persecuted and had died as a result of their belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus had not yet returned, amen, to set up his physical kingdom here on earth. So this church was made up of a lot of converted Jews, amen, hallelujah. Hallelujah, they remained Jews, amen, but they were believers in Christ, amen. Hallelujah, glory to God. So Jews don't always call themselves, they don't call themselves Christians, they just remain Jews, amen, but they're believers in Christ, all right. So this is new church at Thessalonica, amen, and people had died and they started to question, would Jesus is he really coming back? Is he really going to set up his kingdom one day? And they started to lose hope. Young Christians didn't have a lot of experience, hallelujah, in the church. And here Paul had to give them some encouraging news. Amen. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, now, we do not want to be uninformed, believers about those who are asleep in death. Now, Middle Eastern terms, amen, often use sleep as a synonym for death. Why did they do that, amen? Because when we're asleep, we're not using our five senses, and when we're dead, we're not using our five senses. All right? It was a term to kind of soften uh, the reality of death. Amen? Hallelujah. Let me read that again. Now, we do not want to be uninformed believers. By the way, this is a Middle Eastern book, the Bible. It's not something that was made in, in America. This is, this is a Middle Eastern book, so there's a Middle Eastern perspective here. It's not something that was made on this side of the world. This, this book's about, it was written by Jews, this book. Amen? 
Hallelujah. So their perspective, their sensibilities are what we read in Scripture. Amen. Hallelujah. That is inspired by God. Hallelujah. Now, we do not want to be we don't we do not want you to be uninformed believers about those who are asleep in death so that you will not grieve for them as others do who have no hope beyond this present life. Don't get me wrong and don't get Paul wrong here. I have lost people in the last several years. Amen. I lost a family member this year. Amen. Hallelujah. But those family members that were saved, not that they lived a perfect life, but that they believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not going to overly grieve. I'm human. You should grieve. Amen. Hallelujah. But I'm not going to be destroyed because I will see them again and my relationship with them will continue for all eternity. Hallelujah. A lot of times when you see people crying, overly crying and overly dramatic is because they did something to the person that just passed away. Grabbing on the coffin and everything like that. <laughs> Let me be straight. It is human to grieve. It is human to feel loss. It is not unspiritual to cry about losing someone. What Paul is talking about here is losing your mind like you have no hope that you will see the born again believer again. Because what you're really saying is, I don't believe we'll be resurrected. I don't believe they went to heaven. Now, obviously, if this person was not saved, you won't see them again. This is the importance of sharing the gospel. Even when times there's, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's inconvenient. It may make that person mad at you. They may not want to be bothered. They may say, stop preaching to me. And we ask for God for wisdom on how to sow seeds in the lives of those we love and care about. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But these people were losing their mind because people were dying and they were acting like they had no hope of Jesus's return. And that their loved ones were uh, were, were dead in Christ. Next slide, verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, do we believe that? Do we believe that Jesus died and rose again? Or is it just a fairy tale? It's just a story that came on TV last Easter. As in fact he did, even so God in the same way by raising them from the dead will bring with him those believers who have fallen asleep in Jesus. Here Paul saying that they, as Jesus was resurrected, so will those we loved that died in Christ will be resurrected. Hallelujah. Why would a all-powerful God, an omniscient God, an um, omnipresent God, make a world where people die? Like I said before, he didn't make this world. He made this planet. Amen. This physical structure we live on. Amen. But the wages of sin are death. Adam's actions had 
consequences that have lasted thousands of years. Got to turn a quick corner. Saints, we're saved, we're under grace, but our actions have consequences, rippling effects. Yes, God forgives us. He's paid for what we did already at the cross. But the rippling effects continue, and we are living under Adam's rippling effects. All right, but thank God for Jesus, the second Adam, amen. Hallelujah, that promised that he will raise us up again, amen. Next slide, hallelujah, verse 15. For we say this to you by the Lord's own word. Now, there's some scholars here believe that Paul is quoting from Matthew uh, um, 24 and 30 and 31 here. There are other scholars that believe that Paul may be speaking from a special revelation that he got from God when he went to the third heaven. But regardless of what uh, the inspiration is here, amen, Paul's not speaking of his own accord in verse 15. He's speaking through inspiration, amen. Hallelujah. Specifically, this is, this is not his fantasy. This is not his theory. Amen. On how things are. He's speaking from the Lord's own word. What is he saying? That we who are still alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will in no way proceed into his presence. Those believers who have fallen asleep in death. In other words, amen. Those that have died in Christ, amen, will be resurrected first. They will get their new bodies. They will be translated first. There may only be a second before us or a blinking of the eye before us, but they that have died in Christ, amen, will be translated first. Those you are crying about, those that you miss, those that you long for, those that you've had a long-standing relationship that are no longer here, hallelujah, from the Lord's own words, they will be translated first. We don't need to weep any longer. God's promise starts with them. Hallelujah. We can't draw inspiration from this fallen world. We got to look to the Lord. Got to look to the Lord. There is no inspiration out there. There is no hope out there. Man tries as he can through humanism. To try to pump up how great man is. But man has a history of messing up. We just like to rewrite the story. Like it has a happy ending. Amen. Hallelujah for the bad things we've done. Yeah, the happy ending is in Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Next slide, verse 16. For the Lord himself. The Lord himself, he's not sending angels, although they're coming with him, amen. But the Lord himself will come down from heaven with the shout of command, with the voice of the archangel, with the blast of the trumpet of God, amen. In the traditional Hebrew wedding, when the father said that the room was prepared and he can go get his bride, even if it was the middle of the night, he would leave his father's house and take his shofar, which was that horn, amen. And as he approached the bride's house, amen, he would blow on that shofar to say, baby girl, get ready, I'm coming back for you. In the same 
Jesus will blow that horn, amen, to announce that he is coming back for his people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We see in the Old Testament often when there was a convocation or a gathering of the people of Israel, the children of Israel, there would be a blowing of the horn. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Your mama, your daddy, your uncle, your cousin, your deceased husband who died in Christ will rise first. Those that have suffered, those that died of sickness and disease or loneliness or anger or frustration or all those we keep hurting for, that if we really think about it, if they were in Christ, they're not suffering. Who's suffering? You and I. Let me make it personal. My uncle's not suffering right now. He's having the best time of his life. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Amen. So I could cry, <laughs> my uncle. <laughs> he said, you know, I, and you know, we keep picturing our loved ones in a suffering state. And we keep ourselves in a grief because when we think about our loved ones that were in Christ, we continue to think of them as suffering when they are not. We don't serve that kind of God. Amen. Hallelujah. They're not suffering. And matter of fact, as the scripture says here, they will rise first. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Ed's going to rise first. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. My good friend, one of my best friends, hallelujah, Jay, he's going to rise first. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. I have so many other people. I'm thinking in hallelujah in my mind that died in Christ. They will rise first. Amen. Hallelujah. Next slide. Hallelujah. Verse 17. Then we who are alive and remain on the earth. Amen. I want to be in that number. Hallelujah. I want to be alive and remaining on the earth. Amen. Will simultaneously. Hallelujah. Be caught up or raptured. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Together with them, the resurrected ones in the clouds. So we'll meet them in the clouds. Amen. Hallelujah. Which is, which is symbolic of that chariot. Amen. The chariots that will take us to heaven to meet the Lord in the air. So we will always be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just like that, that bride will always be with that groom. Amen. We will always be with the Lord. This is but a moment. This is but, hallelujah, blink of the eye, amen. Our current lives, but eternity, amen. We will always be with the Lord. Amen. Our current sufferings unworthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. Amen. Hallelujah. hallelujah. It's tough out here, but the glory that will be revealed will so outweigh our current and past sufferings. Hallelujah. Thank you, Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. People are dying. People are suffering. People are going hungry. But it can't compare to eternity with the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. These are like our baby years. You know, we can't even really compare the length of our lives to the patriarchs from the Old Testament before the flood. Living 900 something years, 800 something years. And, you know, the best of us may live 100 years. Hallelujah. Or if you want to claim your 120, amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But these are, it's a vapor. It's, a, it, it, it's here and then it's gone. This earthly experience. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Me and Raven going to be neighbors. Hallelujah. <laughs> She's going to make heavenly cookies for me. Amen. Them, imagine them heavenly chocolate chip cookies. Oh, Jesus. Hey. Ah, made my glasses fall off. Hallelujah. Let me go on. Amen. Next slide. Verse 18. Therefore, comfort and encourage one another with these words. When we don't preach about the rapture, we are lacking that which God intended for us to comfort and encourage one another with. Because we are scared as preachers to preach on the rapture because it's a supernatural event and we don't want to seem unpractical. We miss out on encouraging the saints of God from the word of God. God intended for us to be comforted by this. Just like he comforted the disciples, amen, before he was about to leave. In the same way he inspired Paul to, in, to comfort the members of the Thessalonica church. In the same way he would have us as modern day Christians be encouraged by the thought of him coming back to rapture his church. To raise up those that died in him first. Amen. And then in a blinking of an eye. Hallelujah. We'll be translated. Amen. Hallelujah. Along with him. And forever be with the Lord. Hallelujah. So therefore comfort and encourage one another. So it's just not the pastor. Amen. Let's encourage one another. With these words concerning our reunion with believers who have died. I have no grandparents left. I lost one of my good friends. My uncle that I grew up in the same room has passed on. But everyone I've mentioned was in Christ. Did I grieve? Sure I did. Was I angry? Sure I was. Hallelujah. But I encouraged myself in the Lord. Hallelujah. I know, I know that I know that I know I will see them again. Amen. And that our relationship, amen, has not ended. Amen. But it's on pause for right now. Hallelujah. And that I will be with them and most importantly with the Lord forever. Somebody say hallelujah. 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 I'm about to close this. Amen. Next slide. Hallelujah. Let's look at this word comfort. Amen. That Paul used. Amen. In the original King James Version. Amen. It's a word called para, para aleo. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. And it means to console. Hallelujah. To, we console each other with these words that Jesus will come back and, re- and rapture his church. Amen. This word console in the English is to comfort someone at a time of grief or disappointment. Amen. This looks like a time of grief or disappointment we're in right now. We got grief all around us. I'm wearing a mask in church. This is unusual. This is not how God intended the world. Amen. Hallelujah. But these, these words of comfort about the rapture and the resurrection of the righteous dead. Amen. And our translation for those of us that will be alive is comfort. Amen. Hallelujah. At a time of grief or disappointment. Also, amen, this word comfort to encourage and strengthen by consolation. What is consolation? It's the comfort received by a person after, the, after a loss or a disappointment. This world is a disappointing place. It's a place of broken dreams, lost hope. But Jesus is our hope. He's the king of the whole wide world. His his kingdom now is spiritual, but one day it'll be physical. Hallelujah. And he will rule and reign here on earth. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Last slide. Amen. Hallelujah. Here's our conclusion. Point three. Conclusion. Despite what's going on in the world, believers in Christ should be encouraged to know that our Lord and Savior has an exit plan for us. He has an exit plan for you and I. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. To get out of Dodge. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. To get out of East Bubble. Hallelujah. He has an exit plan for you and for I. A plan where we will be... Be reunited with those that are asleep, the righteous dead in Christ, as well as with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A plan where the redemption of our bodies will occur. Amen. We've been redeemed in our spirits and our souls. Amen. Hallelujah. But there's coming a day where our bodies will be redeemed. We will get our celestial bodies, a body that won't get sick, a body that won't tire. Amen. Hallelujah. A body for me with a six pack and a full head of hair. Hallelujah. Our bodies will be redeemed. Hashatarabokeh. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. will occur and where we will always literally be with the Lord. Yes, his spirit lives in us now. Amen. But we'll be in his direct presence. Hallelujah. For all eternity. This plan, this revelation was meant to comfort believers. Hallelujah. When facing earthly challenges. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I go to prepare a place for you. Amen. Hallelujah. To encourage you to be ready for you. Amen. Hallelujah. That you might be with me always. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen and I'm done. Hallelujah. Friends, if you are impacted by this message about Jesus Christ and want to receive his love and forgiveness, say these words with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me of all sins, transgressions, and iniquities. I believe you died to pay the penalty for all my sins, past, present, and future. I believe you rose from the dead as the evidence that Father God accepted your sacrifice for my sins. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you said that prayer sincerely, you are saved and one day going to heaven. So God bless you. God loves you. And go on with the Lord. Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us at I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. We hope the message blessed you and unveiled the love of Christ to you in a greater way. God bless.